welcome to episode 20 of the local meta my name is fletcher and i'm john john we made it to episode 20 we did it's a miracle we have like five months worth of these episodes that's astounding not, not counting our bonus and episode zero well you know but those don't count yeah so how's how's your weekend been going it's going all right i kind of cheated yesterday what i played standard oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's been so long i've been and i, and I uh, uh, okay. <laughs> in the space of like 15 minutes, I re-sleeved a deck that I already had de-sleeved to catalog. Uh-huh. And I had to fi- I had to find all the rares in the rare box. I had to find all the uncommons in the uncommon box and slap them all back together and sleeve it all up and figure out a sideboard and I got to Dungeons End at like 5:30. So I'm just like, man, I want to play some standard. <laughs> just finish cataloging your damn collection. <laughs> but that's a lot more work than just playing, playing standard. Magic. Uh, okay. uh, I don't even like you anymore. <laughs> I went two and two. <laughs> oh, what'd you play? Uh, I basically the the blue ready merge deck that I was jamming for like half a year now. Sweet. Yeah, got a little a little unlucky. I mean, a lot. Funny, funny enough, we'll be talking about this, but I know I, that's that's why this is like a perfect banter topic, right? Because it segues right into our main topic. <laughs> We're pros. <laughs> we just <laughs> mentioned the segue as we segue. <laughs> so our um, uh, our main topic today is going to be something that's um uh, a little bit near and dear to my heart. So um, I might be going off the rails and stuff, but we'll see. Um. We're going to just d- kind of dial things back and look at magic and, and games almost in a very high level. And we're going to talk about luck and skill. And I feel like this topic is something that people people have a tough time getting. <laughs> I, I definitely can agree with that. And I, I'm not sure if it's one of my flaws or not. <laughs> about what what exactly like not understanding it i i'm not sure if i'm one of those people who blames luck when it i actually could have done something different i like by default my assumption is yes but when i try and focus on them like what i could have done differently i can't find anything mm-hmm. i mean but... there's literal video evidence out there of me ranting over drawing like five lands in a row while my opponent <laughs> casts a glory bringer so i mean you get salty like yeah yeah you know, like that happens like sometimes things just don't work out yeah but so i guess this is going to sound really stupid but you know let's just start off the conversation i guess by by saying what is luck and what is skill i mean i think that's something that somewhat needs to be defined and i i when I'm talking about it with other people, I usually don't use luck and skill. I usually use decisions and variance. That's that's fair. Because that's the way I look at it. Is, is skill is actually the decisions that you make, and variance is just things that happen. Uh, yeah. That's a, like, it all, 
saying it that way also takes a bit of the the automatic bias towards the words luck and skill out of it to a degree also. Mm-hmm. Because like, nobody wants to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> or they're, they're no good at the game. Yeah, like, the, no one wants to feel bad in general. They're, yeah, right? There's very few people who are legitimately masochistic. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, so... I'm really, really into game design, as you probably know. And, like, this is a skill that, since I got back into Magic, has just been something that I have found fascinating. Um, even outside of Magic, just looking into the relationship between, um, luck, between luck and skill and how they play into when you design a game or when you build a deck or play a game of Magic. Um and I feel like most people, when they're playing Magic, just, it's so, you know, and we, you've, I'm sure everyone's heard this a hundred times, but it's so easy to just blame all your failures on luck and all your successes on skill. And yeah. not really break them apart. Like, and, and I see this in, in Limited all the time. Um, I'm kind of a prime example on this, actually. Oh, man. <laughs> to some degree, but like like flooding is one thing. Um, but like limited is the biggest place where somebody's like, you know, oh, I I died because I didn't, you know, the the last card I drew was not the card I needed, and it's just some blank card that they put in their deck, and they just are like, oh, I I got bad luck and didn't get the card. Well, you put that card in your deck. That is a piece of skill. That is decision, and. People are so willing to just forget that they did things before the game that affect their outcome in the game, and there's just this huge relationship between between luck and skill. Um, I, my favorite quote ever is from our friend Andy that we always talk about on this show, um, and he uses it for poker. One day we'll um, actually get him on here. Maybe we will. Um, but he but he learned it in poker and. He always says, you have to play well enough to get lucky. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a super powerful phrase that people don't think about in Magic. So, because those decisions that you make put you in a place where you can get that lucky top deck. Or, you know, get that get that exact card you need. Or have, you know, something happen so that you can win the game. People And people just always look at this, the situation and just say, oh, it was lucky. Um I actually kind of have a story that I a lot of people who know me sure. have heard this story before, and it kind of relates to this. Uh, a few, well, actually, multiple standards ago. This is back in the time of uh, Green Black Constellation. Okay, uh, so yeah, I was kicking around, I was kicking around that deck for a while. That, that was actually back when we went out to states, because that's the deck I played at states. Yep, I remember that deck. And um, regionals. Regional, sorry, yeah. And I I was playing a match, and I mulliganed to three. Mm-hmm. This, this is before the new mulligan rule, right? Yeah, Where this is the old uh, mulligan rule. This is old school, you know, you Keep mulligan to three and you just suffer. And I almost won the game. Mm-hmm. If the top two cards of my library had been flipped, I drew a land, the card below it was a Hornet Queen. If I had drawn exactly that Hornet Queen, I actually would have won the match won the game and the match because it was game three mm-hmm. 
And it's something that I tell, like, whenever someone, like, complains about mulliganing and stuff, I would tell them, you know, they're like, oh, you know, I can't win on, you know, I'm mulliganing to six, blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh, I can't win because I'm mulliganing to five. It's like, I, I've almost won on a mulligan to three, and it very much goes towards Andy's quote of, you have to play well enough to get lucky. Mm-hmm. Like, I am at a huge disadvantage being all the yeah. way down to three cards of magic. Like, it doesn't matter what yeah. the deck is. Yeah, you're you're at a disadvantage for sure. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, able to play well enough to almost get out of it and win. Mm-hmm. And I think, and, and this is a weird thing, but I think recognizing when you almost had it is something too. Like looking at it and saying, "I almost had it." Was it a decision or was it luck here? Mm-hmm. Like, and and you can look at your like mulligan decisions are a big piece that people ignore when you're talking about variance and luck too. That. You know, you look at people forget about the mulligan and stuff. They're like, they keep a sketchy, a sketchy six because they're like, well, I can't win on five. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that's not the right decision necessarily. Yeah, it is, it is unbelievably flawed. Yeah, like, if I'm not mistaken, it was either this week or on a on a recent modern tournament that happened that was streamed, and an affinity player won on a, like a mulligan to four on turn mm-hmm. three or something. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. I mean, it can happen. <laughs> yeah, Affinity is like the poster child for a deck that doesn't mulligan well mm-hmm. because it needs a critical mass to function, but it won anyways. Mm-hmm. And and with some of those decisions, you may just be moving up. You know, you're moving per- like individual percentage points. Like mm-hmm. you're not going from like you know twenty percent to eighty percent to win by making these decisions. You're going from like you know like ten percent to twelve <laughs> percent. Yeah. But twelve percent is better than ten percent. Every little bit counts. Yep. And so, all right. So, with the whole relationship between the, the, you know, you have to play well enough to get lucky, I think kind of one of the things that sparked this topic, besides my absolute love for it, um, is I asked you in our chat one time um, about the uh, PT Honolulu 2006 Craig Jones versus Olivier Ruel, uh, which is the, I think the title of the video is The Greatest Top Deck in History. Uh, top Deck. Top deck of the century. I oh, believe. top deck of the century. Yes, and Google so, that. <laughs> so yeah, just go out, Google top deck of the century MTG or something like that. Go watch the video really quick. It's not long. No, it's three oh. minutes. It's three minutes. <laughs> um, but so go watch the video. All right. So you went and watched the video. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, basically, it comes down to the last couple turns. Um, to just explain it for people really quick. Um, I believe Craig Jones attacks Olivia Ruel with um, with basically all his creatures, right? And he has a... uh, Ruel has a char in hand. So he's at... I mean, he's... Isn't it the other way around? Is it the other way around? I think it's Craig Jones that has the... Okay, Craig Jones... Yeah, I think you're right, maybe. Yeah, you are. Sorry. So Craig Jones has a char in hand. Um, we'll swap it around. So Craig, Craig Jones has a char in hand. So he has the option of... Because um, what, Ruel's at... S- Ruel's Craig, at seven. Seven. Craig so Jones Ruel's is at seven. It, it, he has enough to survive the attack, but he dies on the crackback. Yes. If he If he doesn't... You know, if he can't do anything. So the safe play is to char one of the creatures. Because that buys him some extra time. 
Yeah, it buys him like a turn. Or if he chars Ruel, he puts him to three, and he's dead to dead to a burn spell. Yeah, lightning helix specifically. Specifically, lightning helix is deck, and the the commentators are talking back and forth, and um, Randy Bueller basically says. You know, the whole conversation basically says, no, the play here is to chart to the face, knock the top of the deck. And I, I think a lot of people were looking at it and like, that's just crazy. Like, you're putting a lot of... You're putting an entire... I mean, this was the la basically the last game of the, yeah, it was fi game, the finals. Yeah, it was game five. Game five of the finals for the PT. Like, so this is literally, like, to win the PT. Like, uh, I don't think there's there's... Very few stakes that are higher, and like this is like, you know, this is a, this is a bottom of the ninth bases are loaded like situation sort of thing. It's just, you know, it's crazy. So, and and so that's what Craig Jones does. Is he is he takes it, charges the face, and literally just takes the top card of his deck, flips it over onto the table, and it's a lightning he likes. Yep, he he, he does the classic <laughs> slam it face up. Yep. And the it's it's great because his opponent goes from like standing saying "come on deck, come on deck," yep. to the guy like as soon as he sees lightning helix, the the guy who dies like just collapses in his chair, just completely defeated. And the and the, Randy Bueller goes absolutely insane. Yeah, it's <laughs> glorious. Uh, it's a great video to watch and stuff. Like just yeah, the excitement of it and stuff. Yeah. But so the point I want to make about this is that. Well, you, you, you never know, everybody. Oh, sorry. You never finished your thought about uh, what you said. You asked me in our chat, and then you oh, went about this. I asked yeah. if it's lucker's if it was lucker's skill. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, and I told the story. Okay, and you and I think we kind of went back and forth and basically said this is a skill play. Yeah, I like and, my, my immediate yep. thing was it's skill. Yeah, and I think that's both kind of where we said because because that's what I was thinking. So, and it comes back to this: you have to play well enough to get lucky thing, mm. and. Which everyone looks at and goes, man, that was a sick top deck. That's the only reason he won is because he just is a giant luck sack. Well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah he's a luck sack. Like, <laughs> you know, luck was a luck was a huge portion of this, but the fact that he put himself into that position is a sign of skill. Exactly. He put himself into the position to create that lucky to to create that luck, basically, like. One of the biggest things that I, I'm trying, I want to explain in this podcast is that you affect your luck. Like, um, there, um, there's a dumb quote. I don't, want, I don't remember the movie. It was some dumb, stupid hockey movie from like a million years ago. But um, uh, like one of the characters, like maybe it was like Mighty Ducks or some shit. Um, but like one of the characters is like, you know, they're they were like a old hockey player and they had a failed career and they're like they're like yeah I shot I shot the puck at the at the net or something, and it 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 bounced off the the pole, and we lost the game because of it and it ruined my career and my life and everything. But if it would have been two inches over the, over the other way, it, we would have we would have won and blah 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 all this stuff. And then some character some other character says him, says to him, well if it was two inches the other way you would have just completely missed. Mm -hmm. Which, like, I feel like when you think about luck with that thought, like, this is what you're do you're affecting that position. Like, because if if Craig Jones had just charred a creature, no one would have thought anything about this. Like, it would have just been the safe play. He 
probably would have lost. Like <laughs> no one you know, except Randy Bueller would have thought anything yeah. about it. No one would have thought anything about it, and it it's it's really easy to see those crazy moments and think they're just luck when they happen. But seeing the points that led up to it, and the and the, those correct decisions is astounding. But and it's it's even harder to see when you make the safe play or the the lower value play, I should say. Not necessarily the safe play, because sometimes you want to make the safe play. Mm-hmm. But the the play that reduces your percentage and you just completely miss and no one ever thinks about it. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like in, in my hockey example, like Craig Jones, like, missing the lightning he likes off the flip there would have been, like, hitting the pole. And he would have just been like, uh, I you know, I had this chance, but I missed it. But, you know, charring the creature is missing two inches to the wrong direction and just no one thinks about it and you just completely missed. Yeah, it's it's something that's said a lot if you watch coverage or, like, listen mm-hmm. to any, like, high-level pro match player talk. It's, like, it's the difference between playing to win and playing to not lose. Yes, and those are two completely different things. Absolutely. Like, um, oh, sorry? It is, it's, a, it's a very big thing in control decks where, like... In the early game, you're only playing to not lose, but eventually yes. you have to turn that corner where you might mm-hmm. have to risk something because you need to win the game. Yeah, and I, I love people taking big risks when they need to take big risks. Um, one of the other videos I had jotted down here is one of my favorite Magic videos of all time. Uh, about like, and this is Some people were just commenting about this as a luck sack, but I read a giant Reddit post about how somebody was like, broke it down and was like, no, this is a skill play because he made conscious decisions for this. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Jerry, Jerry Thompson versus Andrew Tompkins in the, in, uh, I think it was an SCG Open. Yes. Uh, Legacy SCG Open. And so uh, Jerry Thompson, who, by the way, is a PT winner, which, <laughs> so, you know, he's good, um, was playing Hypergenesis, and Andrew Thompson was playing Elves. And I think what Patrick Chapin said in the in the just go watch the video. It's absolutely miraculous. If if nothing else, just for Patrick Chapin's commentary. Um, but basically said this is a hundred and eight percent to zero, like in Jerry's favor. <laughs> and so, um, so basically, game one, uh, Andrew gets stomped by Hypergenesis. Jerry goes up turn three or something like turn two, turn three, kills him, and it's like okay, so. Game two, um, Andrew Tompkins actually boards in an Emrakul into his deck. I don't know if he boarded it in or if he main decked it, because Elves back yeah. then was all about mana production. Yeah, and, and it could, it, but he he. But the thing is, is then he so he either boarded it in or I think he boarded it in because I think they showed the sideboards and Emrakul was in there. Okay. Um, and but basically he puts he has an Emrakul in his deck in some capacity. And strategically mulligans to have that in his opening hand. I don't remember if he had it in his opening hand that one, but but basically, uh, Jerry hypergenesis is they, he slams the Emrakul and basically game's over. Yep. Um, First so game th- to attack with Emrakul. Yeah, game three. Basically, the same thing happens. The the players are discarding to hand size because neither of them have land that produce any mana for like the first two turns. <laughs> Um, and then it comes down to a factor fiction with Emrakuls, <laughs> and because and he gets to be the first person to attack with Emrakul again. So, but the thing is, is that 
he made some really, really weird strategic decisions to increase his chances. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think I think people look at that and just go, man, he got really lucky having Emrakul in his hand both times. Which, there is a, there is definitely a factor in that. But the bigger piece is the thought that, okay, I cannot beat them playing my deck's game plan here. What can I do? Yeah, like, like there there are some matches that are just like nigh unwinnable, and it mm-hmm. like I actually had a very similar thing playing Legacy, where I was playing. I want to say I was on Goblins, mm-hmm. and I was playing against Sneak and Show, and my <laughs> <laughs> like not a good matchup for me, right? It's, just in general, it's, a, it's not a great one, yeah. And I want. I, I know this is a bad matchup, so in my sideboard, I have four, um, the, the new Archon, that ETB exile, when it dies, exile. Oh, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Theros. From Theros, yeah, yeah, the Mythic from Theros. Um, Ashen Rider. Ashen Rider, it's actually only a rare, I believe, it's not a Mythic. No, it's a Mythic, I'm pretty sure. Okay, either way, it doesn't matter. Uh, I have four okay. in my sideboard, because I know it's a bad matchup. And I get destroyed game one. And we go to game two, and we're like, you know, we're. It's like a bit of a slog fest. I'm able to, like, slow him down and stuff. And I have a. I have a pithing needle. Or. On his sneak attack. And he's like. You know, he gets to a point, he's like. He's had. I want to say, like, six life. He's like, show and tell. And I'm like, alright. And he's like, flips Emrakul. I flip Ashen Rider, exiling his Emrakul. Boom! <laughs> Boom! And he he passes the turn. Actually, he passes the turn and he's not dead, but he finds like he's he's effectively dead because yeah. even if he somehow was able to like trigger annihilator on his Emrakul, it doesn't matter because I have You're a playing goblins. <laughs> well, even no, even if he triggers annihilator, it doesn't matter because I have to sacrifice my Ashen Rider and kill his Emrakul. Yeah. Oh, like, there you go, yeah. Yeah, so like, it, like, I have to sack a few things, he still dies, there's nothing he can do about it. And we go to game three, and I go, like, turn one land, or I'm like, land, Aethervile, go, he does, like, uh, ponder or something, and then it goes back to my turn, and I just take up my Aethervile and pass the turn. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, shit. What? <laughs> And I'm like, and the, like the next turn, I play a Pithing Needle naming Sneak Attack, and he's like, you have an Ashen Rider, don't you? I'm like, yeah, he's like, and I have a show and tell in my hands, and I can't win without it. <laughs> and I wound, I wound up winning, because, you know, at some point he gets to a thing where he's like, well, I eventually draw to my land screw, and I'm beating down the goblins, and he's just like... I gotta hope you're just bluffing. Show and tell. I'm, I put an Ashen Rider in play, and he picks up his cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's uh, like how how easy it would have been for you to just been like kind of like pack that one in and just wander away. Yeah. Let's just be like, yep. I mean, this is nigh unwinnable. Like, we're just gonna go through the motions, kind of, and not really go for it. Yeah, it's like I I knew that matchup was bad for me. So I had four Ashen Rider in my sideboard because I knew that deck was in our meta. Mm-hmm. Gotta do what you gotta do. Yep. To this I'm day, I still it. own four Ashen Riders, just in yep. case. I, dude, I love that card. It's great. But 
So, I so I guess the whole point of all these stories and everything is um, luck is not static. Like no. you don't just get lucky or unlucky, and I feel like sometimes that's that's the mentality. Like the just like the big thing is is the the decisions you make, i.e., your skill, influences that percentage meter to kind of go up or down towards how good you are at or how how lucky you are at winning like luck luck is not dependent on skill they are each like their own thing but they do play into they do affect each other they they affect each other a lot like yeah uh one of the one of the prime examples of luck in magic is mana flu or mana screw mana flood mm-hmm. like or, <laughs> mana screw or mana flood there we go yeah <laughs> <laughs> Words are um, tricky. Yeah, I know. And, like, you actively affect that when you build your deck. Because you yes. choose how many lands you're putting in your deck. Yep. And, like, it's it's a very com- it's a it's a very noticeable thing in Limited for that exact reason. Because, like, well, like, Amonkhet, for example, has no mana sinks. You have nothing to pour any extra mana into. So it's commonly a 16 or 15 land format. And that's yep. just what you have to do. And it's all, it's just that's like a very easy to understand example from a very topical thing that's actually happening right now that people might understand. Yeah. So mm-hmm. Yeah, it's whenever somebody's like, Oh, I just didn't get the right card it, it they're they're a lot of times they're ignoring the fact that they put those cards in that deck. Mm. Especially in limit in limited this is so huge. Like you put those cards in that deck. And my my um uh, you know my decisions affecting outcome thing that that uh, the Audric story from my uh, invitational draft like that's just uh, like if anything illustrated that you have control over what goes in your deck that is like the prime example yeah prime example <laughs> of luck versus skill <laughs> right like it's like I like if that card would have been the other card I would have had a fighting chance in that game. Yeah, but the problem is the the problem isn't that oh I drew the wrong card, the problem is is that I made the wrong decision during the draft. Yeah, you made the like, wrong decision forty five <laughs> minutes prior. Yes, like, and that that's the thing is is all this stuff is so intertwined. You know, just those decisions affect what happens in your game, and like it sounds super obvious. Like it's like yeah, no crap, right? Like. Like oh yeah I'm 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 building this deck and I'm doing all these things and they affect the outcome but people don't don't focus on that they they just it, it's so easy to go well I just got unlucky and and wander away with their you know really really crappy deck that shouldn't have that they put a bunch of unplayable cards in during draft and they just leave it at that they're like oh, I just got unlucky it's like no you built your deck wrong hey, hill giant is a perfectly playable card. I mean, sometimes you just need to play Hill Giant. <laughs> Making fun of your Audric. Yeah, it was not the right play. Picking picking Hill Giant over possibly one of the best removals in the format was not a good decision. Yeah. But and I knew it as soon as I did it, so it's like okay, I guess I guess we did that. But you know, and I guess like and people have heard this a thousand times in Magic. I'm sure this is like one of the most like. At least once a year they come out and talk about this topic. Is that like the single thing you can do to get better at magic 
is to stop blaming luck on your failures. Yeah. Like, you know, just as soon as you own up to that, you are making these decisions, whether, whether they are good decisions or bad decisions, a lot of times, like you just need to kind of own up to it. Like, even if you win a game, I think it's worthwhile stopping and going, what did I do wrong in that game? Yeah. Well, well that's, I mean, that's one of your prime stories. Mm-hmm. Like the thing that you use to tout, like all this stuff, like was your whole, like me and you play a match and you beat me and you yep. lay out your deck and say, how did I sideboard? Like, yeah. you know, did you sideboard good did, or bad? And then yep. the guy's like, what does it matter? You won. And you're like, it, you're like, it doesn't matter that I won. Yes, exactly. I, I can still win and not play a perfect game. Yeah. So it's, yeah. And like, I, that, that mentality of like, well, I won, let's wander away from it. Or I won and I got unlucky, let's wander away from it. That just doesn't make sense to me. Like, even, like, I'd play games of proxy vintage with you and we, I'd lay out my sideboard afterwards and be like, did I do this wrong? Or like, um, uh, there were a couple of games I played Storm and I took a picture of my, of the, my opening hand before the game, before our game, I'm like, hold on a second. I'd take a picture, and then after the game, I'd be like, "Is should I have kept this hand?" Yeah. You always like, do, and you just luck sack and like do a turn one or two in because that's I mean, who you are. <laughs> and I do luck sack it because a lot of times, like, well, there's a lot of times where I shouldn't have kept those hands, and you're like, "Yeah, you shouldn't have kept those hands, even though you beat me." Mm-hmm. And and you know what? You're right. Like because the that outcome does not matter, and it's interesting knowing the outcome of the game because. When you're looking at that hand, that outcome does not matter. I'm still super interested if that hand, if that storm hand I told you about that I kept was actually, was I supposed to keep that? I'm not sure, but I would have. <laughs> I still, <laughs> which is not necessarily, you know, the yeah. most stellar of recommendations. Yeah, I still think the answer is yes. For, I'm leaning. For, I'm leaning that way, but you. I am far more YOLO than you. Yeah. Well. Well. For just to explain, like the hand let's, that I let's do it. The hand that I kept was Lotus Petal, Lion's Eye, Lion's Eye, Infernal Tutor, mm-hmm. Dark Ritual, Brainstorm, Surgical Extraction. Yep. I am. This is game three. I am on the draw against. Mono Black Reanimator in Legacy. Yeah. So I know he has no counter spells, but yes. I also know that his deck is unbelievably explosive, and he can turn to a Jinkataxis against me. Which is sad news. I know. <laughs> he can also turn to an Iona if he really wants to kick me in the nuts. Yeah. Now he he has better options, but Jinkataxis is just a yeah. feel bad. <laughs> yeah. But you know what? You know what beats a a turn to Iona or Jinkataxis. A turn one. Storming out, turn one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, the hand was unbelievably sketchy, right? But I had my Infernal Tutor, and I had a bajillion mana. As long as I could crack my Lion's Eye Diamonds. And that's the weird spot. Like, it's... Because when I was looking at that hand, like, I was like, where do you crack the Lion's Eye Diamonds in that? Like, because regardless of where you crack them, you have to get, you, you're either losing your brainstorm or your surgical extraction. Well, surgical, you can pay, f- you mean... Oh, p- surgical, you yeah. can get, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, brainstorm you, or your tutor. No, and it's bra- like, you don't get rid of the tutor, I'm that's losing insane. Brain, I'm losing brainstorm or I'm losing dark ritual. Dark ritual, there we are. Yeah, there you yeah, go. Sorry. Wrong oh, luck. No, because you, no, you had him uh, a petal. Yes, but that was my only source of mana. 
Oh, yeah, okay, you're right, never mind. Well, so you're either losing Brainstorm or you're losing all your black cards. Yes. <laughs> so, so, the big yeah. question is, like, you know, I'm on the draw, is this a keep? I have no consistent mana source. If I, if I pedal into Brainstorm and don't hit land, I'm literally doing nothing. I am Brainstorm yeah. locked, and I'm probably going to die. Yes. So... I kept because I have inter I had interaction and I had the brainstorm and brainstorm is the most powerful card in Legacy, so I was very reliant on it getting me out of there. I mean, it's a four of that's restricted in Vintage, so. Yep. <laughs> and I I top decked a Cabal Ritual, which was one of my outs to literally winning the game on the spot. Yep. So I won the game on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> And I I don't know if yeah like looking at that situation I, I I mean obviously we can just look at hands and just figure out exact percentages right like magic is so easy yeah like <laughs> that's what makes all this so hard is that magic is such a complex game but like looking at like looking at that like is is the risk of this hand better than a than a random six cards and I think if I was looking at it like and to take like. I think it, it it's worth the, the chance because you had a number of options that you could hit off the top of your library. Yeah, like a land is good. Mm -hmm. Like a, any lands, whether it is blue or black or both, allows me to mm -hmm. brainstorm and do possibly just winning on the spot. Yep. Another lotus petal won me the would have won me the game. Any mm -hmm. like any of my other three dark rituals or any of my four cabal rituals, possibly yep. even just a lotus petal would have allowed yep. me to go off. Yeah. I haven't so you, fully ran the numbers on it in my yeah. head, but But so you had a lot of options. So well well the hand was risky, there was a lot of risk to that. Because I mean there's cards that you could like you could have just drawn like tendrils or something and you probably just die, right? Yeah. Just like good like, old hey. <laughs> Yeah. I mean there's a, there's cards there's a number of cards in that deck that you could have just drawn and been like, well, that's it. <laughs> like he locks you out of the game turn two or you get lucky and get a get another turn. But because you have the surgical, but you know it's like, you know, weighing those options is just, you know, huge. You know, and I guess to some degree, it's like you could have just lost that game, and that kind of brings me to my my like, you know, I said the single greatest improvement is just stop blaming luck. I think the second is just realizing that sometimes you're going to miss that ninety nine percent chance win. You're going to lose on the one percent, and that's just life. Mm -hmm. And I feel like. There's just, it's just such a bad value just getting all pissed off and tilting out like super hard on that because it's like that's magic man like magic is a cruel mistress in many ways I don't know what you're talking about tilting out's perfectly Dude, reasonable and viable I, I do not believe that like so <laughs> this is my thing like getting mad at luck is just the most irrational thing in the world and I know we talk all the time in chat and Totally agree that people are absolutely irrational, but it's just like it, like basically being like, oh, like all I all I get is bad luck. I can never win when I need to get lucky or something like that. Blah blah. blah. It's like you're basically saying that like the entire universe or some like cosmic entity is like, like trying to like is conspiring and coming together to ruin your life. And I'm sorry, but none of you, none of us are that important. <laughs> like we are not special. Like none of us are. You know, the world does not care about us, like, for, you know, to say that, basically. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. Like, things 
things happen because we make choices as you know sometimes they miss but most of the time it's our choices it's like that's why i have like a little poster all the time that reads everything happens for a reason sometimes it's because you're stupid and make bad choices (laughs) (laughs) it's like can i i want that poster like on my on a play mat so much (laughs) i do too like and and so i i mean i found that before like um I, I like this was a big thing for me in magic and stuff and like so this is like a philosophy I've had for a long time like yeah everything happens for a reason sometimes it's because you're stupid and make bad decisions like and like just think about pull it back from magic and just think about like your life to some degree like yeah there's things that are luck but a lot of the things that happen are decision based mm-hmm. like like you you associate yourself with certain people and you present yourself a certain way and you take certain opportunities like and i i have i'm a half jokingly joked that i'm a like when i won the magic lottery and got that box of old cards from for free somebody just gave me a bunch of old cards and i had like you know twenty five hundred dollars worth of dual lands in there um like i always joke that that was skill (laughs) Like, and I, I'm being half serious when I say it. Like, I got lucky. Like, I know that. But the thing is, is that the only reason that I got those is because if I trace things, if I trace things back, I took, I took a chance on something, basically. Like, there was a, there was a, on Reddit one time, there was a call for, like, some site was like, yeah, we're looking to get some writers for some Magic the Gathering stuff. I mean, we can't pay you. Well, I'll throw some stuff at you, but that's about it. And I'm like, ah, you know what? I can do this for a while. So I wrote articles for a site for a while, um, magic articles for a site. And, you know, the, the guy was good. I really appreciate the site. It was geeknifty.com. Um, my articles aren't there anymore because I think they've been archived because they're so old. But um, they, were, they were really good to me, and the guy who ran it was really nice. I You know, I didn't make bank off them or anything. But what happened is when I was writing those articles, I would post, you know, when I wrote an article, I'd post it up on Facebook and everything like that. Well... When my when my parents ended up in Montana, I got a bunch of other people on my friend list from the people in Montana that I I had met um, through them, and one of the people there was saw my post and was like, "Oh, you you play magic? Well, my my um uh, uh my sister my uh, late sister in law played ma- or ha- collected these magic cards, and I just have the box of them here and." just good you know if you want them they're yours and i'm like sure and i ended up with a bunch of dual lands a large number of good dual good dual lands and like a play set of blood moons and some other sweet stuff but like but like so obviously it was luck but but the joke i always make is that i had to make decisions and i had to take i had to sort of i mean it wasn't a risk but i had to Seize an opportunity, for for lack of a better term, to some degree. Like, you know, I wrote for that site for, like, six months, I think. And it was cool, but, like, you know, I had to, I had to do... To, to try something that was a little out of my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think people would be well-served to really look at situations in their life in the same way in a lot of ways, like... You know, everybody complains about how they have a dead-end job and how they, you know, aren't happy with what they're doing and blah, blah, blah. Well, 
sorry, but a lot of that is probably because of the decisions you made. Yeah, like, like yeah. some degree, like <laughs> it's very similar to like you know I've I've said I've said it before and I'll say it multiple mm -hmm. times like a lot of the things that I have in life are as a result of like me like I can trace back to you through a little bit of like you know maybe a little reaching for it but you know to me i can do that like even so far as like the fact that the job i have right now which allows me to spend exorbitant amounts of money on magic cards yeah but it's like you know i could have still just kept being a huge introvert and never actually became friends with you i yeah you could have yeah I, been, a, been a dick or something yeah i could have just <laughs> kept going on with my life at mcdonald's and not actually taken the time to apply to work where i work right now you know, when I had friends tell me that I should apply there. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, I did make the decisions to get where I am, even though mm -hmm. I, I, mean, I did get lucky I, to do it also. Yeah, I was going to say, it's not discounting that it did take some luck to get there and stuff. But, like, I, I think people ignore taking opportunities and, like, I mean, and neither of us are, like, vastly successful people by any means. Like, so, far from I mean, it. we're not, like, we're not even, like successful people by any means like you know we're, like, we're probably upper we're the top half by like one percent of middle class i'd say okay. maybe you're a little <laughs> you're a little higher you want a house okay yeah <laughs> well you have a, you have a positive balance in your bank account so you are actually more wealthy than most americans true but <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, sorry, positive balance and no debt. Um, yes. There we are. Uh, but, I, I'm still. I still have one payment to go on my car. Thank you very much. Oh, okay. I own um, like forty. <laughs> I own like forty-six dollars. There you go. Um. So, but like, so we're not like some some billionaires or like super successful magic players or anything like that. But I mean, we're people that are happy with our lives and we have you know jobs that pay us and we're not miserable in them and i i mean i kind of like mine um and you know we get to do a sweet podcast every week and things like that and some of a lot of those things that happened is luck but a lot of it is being in the right place at the right time which is decisions that you make mm -hmm. and I, I think that's i don't know that's super important because magic is exactly the same way it's like you are going to need to get lucky like that is just the fact of the game you're going to need to top deck the right card at the right time but if you don't put yourself in the position to make it so that that card that you need to top deck matters, I mean, you can top deck any card in your deck and it doesn't when you, it doesn't do anything for you. So you have to, you have to navigate to get to those places where you can get lucky. You have to play well enough to get lucky to use Andy's quote again. Sorry. I just love that quote. It just summarizes everything. I think, you know, uh, Sorry, like this. This is just a topic that is super near and dear to my heart. Like just from the the life aspect of it, and I mean, if you want more about this, like if you want more about the the um uh, the magic and life aspect of it, um, limited resources has done a couple uh, episodes on it. Um, usually they're called "Don't Be Roddy" R O T Y, um, or something like that. If you search for them, you'll you'll find them. Um, also, Marshall Sutcliffe did an interview with Zach Hill on his podcast, The One for One. Um, where they talk about this to quite a degree. And that's, like, just go listen to that podcast because it makes your life better. Um, just what they talk about is absolutely great stuff. 
um, in general, and I think it's worth listening to. Uh, and if you like game design, like the luck skill, high level for, from like a game design perspective, um, Richard Garfield does a... Uh, on YouTube, there's a couple of them, but he does uh, does a luck versus skill in gaming uh, presentation, I think, that he does for his... on um, the classes that he teaches, and it's phenomenal. Um, that man, like, I know he made magic, but, like, even without that, like, that man is a great game designer, and he is brilliant. So, yeah, that's my gushing. Um, John, do you have anything else? So this is actually a topical thing, you know. Oh, wow, okay. I do it every once in a while. This so, is getting good. <laughs> I, have the, I have this philosophy in life that actually kind of ties into some of what you've been saying. Okay. And it's, it's something I say to a lot of my friends whenever they're, like, stressing out about stuff. I'm like, can you do anything about the problem? If you can, why are you stressing? You can just fix it. If you can't, why are you stressing? There's nothing you can do anyways. And That's some... <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, it's a weird little dichotomy with me in regards to magic, because, like, that is kind of how I view life. But there is nothing that makes me tilted more than getting mana screwed or mana flooded. Oh, man, you freak out. Like... I don't know if it's because it's just like the hardcore blue alignment of me going crazy, where it's like I can't control it, so it annoys me, or what. But like, something about Mana Screw and Mana Flood just drives me up a wall. Like, even more so than like playing against those really annoying, obnoxious players that every single store has. Like, I think you described it best to me one time about why it annoys you, is that, um, you know, you you're a spike. You're a skill player. You want to show how you want to show your skill, basically. Mm. And when you get mana screwed or mana flooded, you just don't get that opportunity. Exactly. Like, so in regards to the whole, you know, skill versus luck thing, and like just kind of ex like accepting what is your fault and what you can't control and what you could have done. What can I do to stop being a salty little bastard? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, so... I honestly don't know, and I can't... I don't know what to do to fix it, even though I know it can actively be detrimental. Yeah, I, and I'll be honest, I'm not 100% sure. Like, I... I mean, you've you've played a lot of Magic with me, and a lot of games with me, and a lot of, like... You've, you've spent a lot of time with me, mm -hmm. in general. Like... I mean, you've seen me in tabletop games. You've seen me in board games. You've you've played a lot of games with me. I don't really get salty that much. No. Like, I'm, I tend to be a very calm person, and I'm just naturally like that, so I don't know how to be like, John, this is what you should do to, to fix your craziness. <laughs> like, like I, I really don't. I mean, because it's like... Because I can just tell you, be like, like well, don't get salty. But, like, that's being like that's like going to a clinically depressed person being like don't be sad mm -hmm. like it's just absolutely unhelpful information it doesn't do anything and <laughs> and it and it just it, it's something you can't necessarily do so um can, man, I, can I, I, I say don't something know. really absurd sure like I, I have a very peculiar twisted like view of the world and <laughs> 
<laughs> as most people who know me know. But I am actually diagnosed with depression. I used to have to take a medication for it. I didn't know that. Yeah, like very I've known few, you for years, man. <laughs> very few people do because I'm not an overtly depressed person. Yeah. And someone once, like, whenever I talk to someone and they're talking about being sad, blah, blah, and they're like, and I, I tell them that. Like, it's literally in my record. Like, I used to have to take a medication every single day because I yeah. suffered from depression. And they're like, mm-hmm. well, what changed? And I'm like, I just didn't want to be depressed anymore. Really? <laughs> I shit you you're not. Like, you're like the 1%, John. I'm like, literally like, I blow, like, it's like one day I'm just like, you know what? I'm like, sick this of sucks, just, I don't want to yeah, do it anymore. I'm sick of being tired all the time. I'm sick of not eating. I'm sick of just, you know, hating everything. Like, and I'm just like, and I just don't want to take pills anymore. I hate taking pills. <laughs> Like not not because like I'm against medication because I personally I have trouble swallowing pills I don't know what yeah. it is I've never been it's, able it's to. It's not that it's not that you're like these medications don't work and doctors are quacks no. and stuff like that and you're not telling people yeah. out there to stop taking their medication by yeah. any means. Right? Take your take your medication. You know, vaccinate your children. Be a legitimately intelligent person, please God. But one day I literally woke up one day and I'm just like I just don't want to be like this anymore and I stopped. That's absolutely <laughs> fascinating. You're like you're like those people that can just like smoked for like thirty years and are just like I'm gonna stop. Like that's that's, that's something <laughs> like, that I brought just... up to you before, where it's like I I don't know what my willpower score would be in a game because I'm <laughs> I'm on one hand I'm ridiculously stubborn and if I want to do something I can do it, and on the other hand I can't control getting salty because I drew three lands. Yeah. Right. Like what you can hell? literally like you can literally like get past like depression because you're like I don't want to be sad which is just insane like it, yeah it's and, literally... and I'm gonna say like my my family has been very uh very involved with um depression and mental illness and suicide uh awareness and things like that so like like you are like the exact opposite of like what normally needs yeah, to be done like... I'm the exact opposite of humanity. Yeah, so. <laughs> like, and it's it's this huge thing where like, and it actually was a problem for a while because I could not understand why other people couldn't do the same thing. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, and you, and you finally realize that you're the outlier. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've always but, said I was awesome. It's just I now have literal <laughs> proof in medical records. <laughs> but it's like I just. I don't understand why I can't get over Mana Screw. I mean, you know, we all have these things and stuff, and maybe, I don't know, like, like there's certain things that, re- like, I cannot control, like, that that just make me angry or ups- or, or whatever, and I cannot control it. Like, you know, and I, like, emotions are really weird like that without, I mean, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a medical person by any means. I don't know any of this stuff. I'm just making it up because I have a podcast, but like, <laughs> but like, I mean, there's certain things that like you just react to. Like there's certain things that if, if you encounter it, like you cry, you know, like, mm-hmm. like I'm uh my, one of my favorite books when I was a little kid and I, I try, me and my wife try to read it to our son. Um, who's like 11 months old right now. And we stopped trying because we cannot get through the giving tree. Really? Like, we just start bawling at the end of it. 
and I was totally fine years ago and stuff. But like, but like, I am physically unable. Like, like I have tried multiple times now because I'm like, I'm like, I can do this. Like, I just have to like consciously not do it. Like, not like just you know, just man up and deal with it. And I cannot do it. Like, I'm a sobbing mess by the end of it. Uh, do you want to know something interesting about the Giving Tree? Me and your brother gonna... once spent an entire night discussing the giving tree and about how the boy is actually a sociopath. <laughs> I mean, that's a theory of, like, I'm just going <laughs> to, so initially the, initially the book was denied publication because it was uh, too depressing for children and too simple for adults. Um, and if you look at the, like, to, to counteract that argument, if you look at the Wikipedia page, there's like 14 different interpretations of the book. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and and, and, and one of the one of the interpretations that you gave is actually like one of the interpretations basically is is like a um uh, like an abusive relationship thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't look at it like 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 yeah. <laughs> like one of my like personality tests that I can give people is is like like what is what does the giving tree mean? And like you could tell a lot about a person by what they say. <laughs> uh, what does that say about me? Oh my god! <laughs> everything I everything I already knew. <laughs> <laughs> all right that's but all right yeah, we're, we're not gonna fix you know the real mental issues of mine today we'll just <laughs> uh, i don't know like like really think about it and try and try to try to learn how to deal with it i guess i don't know like yeah. i don't know I, i'm not gonna tell you to go seek professional help for your magic problems because <laughs> um, i don't think that'll but all right, we'll close this one up. So, if you have any feedback, you can send it to us at the local meta at g or to the local meta at gmail .com. Um, you can catch us on Twitter at the local meta PC, and you can catch John. Should I even advertise this, John? Or are you gonna ever stream? I want to, but I just things are not working out. To I'm not. To. I'm not. I'm not gonna tell anyone about it then. That's so. fine. We'll just casually <laughs> mention it, John. John has a stream. You can possibly find it if you listen to one of our previous episodes. <laughs> um, all right. Well, uh, good talk, man. Uh, so um, <laughs> I guess we will catch you next time. See you.